Did I tell you guys? Uh, oh, I, Sal knows. I got rad, right? Uh, and so you we, the movie. Oh, yeah. Katrina and I watched yes. it last night. Uh, and she was like, you know, I have to be. I, I was surprised. I stayed awake all the way through that. I didn't think it. <laughs> right. And I was like, see, I told you it was awesome. Right. Um, I went on and I uh, researched the because the song is just awesome. Oh, yeah. The, the song is just the awesome. And so it, the back then. Uh, I, they, I, the movie like has tons of parts, probably six to eight parts in it where, you know, they're racing or it's really good. They're doing tricks. It's cool. And I didn't realize it till after I watched last night that the same theme music is played the whole movie. Like, yeah, you know, like one song, it's one song. Yeah. So the soundtrack is one song. It's just like background. And then it's like in the forefront. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah totally. Yeah. So it's the same song. I always played. thought it was the Scorpions, but it's not right. No, like, it's you know not the band name. I do. It's it not sounds just like the Scorpions. It's, I, I literally think that this song was made for the movie by a band that I had never even heard yeah, of. Like they're one. Well, hit. Ma- oh, is, is it knocked it out of the park. Is it Frank Stallone? Sylvester Stallone's brother? It's, oh, maybe. Bro, that's so 80s. I love it. That's so 80s. It makes me want to peg. I'm going to peg my pants right now. It's Thunder in Your Heart by uh, John John Farham. Wow. Sure. Wow. Hey, you know what? I dare you to lift weights to that today. Oh, bro, I've been driving around listening to it. You know what it sounds like? (laughs) It sounds like the perfect montage music. Oh, it is. Right? Uh, well, I was eighties uh, movies all montage. all eighties movies had like crazy yeah. montages. Well, it's what, the best. What made you need me, a mind pump montage? What made me go back and uh, look it up and actually download it was we were watching it about the third time it came on. Like, and this is this is how my stoner brain totally works. This is when I'm high watching things right here. Right? <laughs> here it comes. You don't, do you guys do like dissect everything, dude? When I, I'm stoned, like of course, breaking it down. Like everyone's it. acting, they miss a line, or I notice <laughs> things that I, like I would never notice. It's the craziest shit. There's ever. a cat in the background. So, <laughs> I, <laughs> you think you're so smart? And then, yeah. then later on, you're like, actually, Whoa. I was just stoned. I'm yeah. watching. I'm watching this, and about the third time the song comes on, I'm like, man, it just it's perfect. It's perfect for everything that's playing. The way the 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 peaks of the music. I'm like, they must have wrote this song. Yeah, he's just sitting for- there on his little keyboard. He's like, yeah. Can we make our own music for ourselves? I want to. I want a theme song. That would be rad. I think that's just going to become my rad. theme song. Yeah, let's do that. Mm. I'm, I'm uh, sure the royalties on it aren't very much. So 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 the eagle is giving us the yeah, piercing. Where, where are we going? He's with giving this? us the piercing look because I think we're supposed to do a He's commercial. About to cacao our face. <laughs> oh, is that because our uh, our is our mugs and our hats and everything officially on the website? Oh, they are. Uh, oh. Where do they find them? Uh, on the store link at mindpumpmedia.com. So we have hats. We are, we are calling these the Mad Mike hats. So Mad it's got Mike the screaming hats. Mike. They on are the very front. limited ed- edition. They're flying and off they the They may actually already. be gone by the time this airs. Well, yeah. go to Mind Pump Media. Check it out. See if it's still there. We also have shirts. The original Maps Anabolic shirts are available. Yes. And we have mugs. So if you like to drink coffee or whatever, yeah. uh, it's got the angry uh, or the Mad Mike on there as well. Mm-hmm. Well, don't forget too, if members that are already part of the forum, if you're on the forum, you get a discount on uh, everything and you get a disc- you get half off on the shirts right now. Right Here's there. a secret. I'm going to give you guys a little cheat code. Enroll in the forum, then buy the products. You'll probably break out almost you'll, even. You'll probably oh, yeah. So money. you'll get the forum and shit that you can Ooh, wear and, a and lot drink more from. Awesome information and cool people. <laughs> cheat code up, up, down, down, left, right, left, up, right, left, B-A, right, B-A, B-A, B-A. Select start. Boom. If you want to pump your body and expand your mind, there's only one place to go. Mind Pump. Mind Pump. With your hosts, 
Sal Stefano, Adam Schaefer, and Justin Andrews. Welcome to Mind Pump. You can somebody, find hope... us at mindpumpmedia.com. You can also find us on Instagram at Mind Pump Radio. You can find me at Mind Pump Sal, Adam at Mind Pump Adam. And guess what? what? Justin at Mind Pump Justin. Yeah. Woo! Why'd you do that all backwards? I don't know. I felt like it. Adam almost a, interrupted you. This is going to be a backwards episode. Yeah, it is. which means you we, you can't. We start with the information and then end with the bullshit. <laughs> let's try that. No, let's try interpreting. That. That. We can't do that. Rewind it. We have nothing smart to say right now. That's no, why. nothing at all. <laughs> oh man, let's be honest. We don't need to say smart stuff all the time. It no. does. I feel bad for Doug hobbling around on his knee with no. his knee, dude. I saw him walking down the stairs, and uh, after I stopped laughing, I was like, I feel I bad. Wanted to give him like change. <laughs> You know how, I mean? how long until you're back into full force rollerblading? Oh, probably two weeks. Two weeks. Yeah. Mm, I want to get him some uh, mind pump knee pads. Mm. Like match <laughs> black and yellow. Mind pump like, yeah. knee pads. <laughs> <laughs> Protect that knee. I'm going to get some little black and yellow shorts. Really Whoa. tight. Black oh, like a, like a bumblebee? Sexy. Yeah, like a bumblebee. Yeah, like, like a, that sounds pretty sweet. He is a killer bee. I just want everybody. <laughs> with, I, with my knee pads. I just want everybody that's a listener to know that we're really close to moving out of this place and moving into our next place where we eventually uh, will build a mind pump gym. And when that day comes, we will. Wow, I, I, derby you team. guys can hold me to this because this is the type of uh, person I am. I, we will do some fun shit like that. I will make Doug roll, but rollerblade in tights, yeah. and we will video it. I'll follow him around it. with the GoPro. We will have time to do that, but if we, we don't have the time to do that yet, but when we actually have some time together where we spend all day and we work together all he day He has long, to do it to is, a disco song. I like too. how, I like how Adam, Adam, like, he volunteers other people. He's like, <laughs> we're going to do, do crazy <laughs> stuff, like make Doug do shit. Yeah. <laughs> Piranha Tank. Yeah. Piranha He's good tank. at suggestions. Oh, that, yeah, I'm not, stupid enough, people. I'm not stupid enough to put myself out there yeah, like that. <laughs> you guys don't want to see me rollerblade because then you'll lose a host. Yeah. Adam in a tutu. Like put that. this mousetrap down your pants. Yeah. How, did Sal, how did Sal die? He went rollerblading. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to put the this ring out. Of fire. I'm just going to put this out there on air so that we have to do it. Because, you know, when we say something on air, it has to happen. Yeah, it really happens. Like what, everything else that's we've done. Like right. That. So if we, if we, when we get our place and we get a gym, um, I think each of us get to pick one piece of equipment that the rest of us <laughs> That's can't. Ridiculous. That the rest of us can't like object. We all get one, <laughs> dude. You're, you're the you're the only we one. We already that, know what's coming. Yeah, we already know you. it's. You are the only one that wants to put something silly in there that none of us would care for. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. The rest right. of us, Justin would piece. He would pick a piece of equipment or or some sort of tool, and I would be like, oh yeah, definitely, I like that. And I think you guys would feel the same way about anything I pick, but we all know what the fuck you yeah. want. Well, well, let's 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 think. I, you guys know what I want, it's right? Just like, Over the top. I want an arm wrestling <laughs> machine. I want a machine yeah, that arm wrestles with an arm wrestling table. Right. So maybe two pieces of equipment. So why don't you guys? What do you guys want? What's your piece of equipment that you're going to put in the gym? Uh, I know what Justin wants. And I think it'd be cool. Even though, and you want it too. I think it would be neat. What do you think it is? The 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 Atlas Stone thing. Oh, you think? Yeah, yeah, like a box for us to put Atlas Stones on and oh, Atlas yeah. Stone. That would be cool to do a little strongman stuff. Yeah, yeah so. that would be kind of cool. I like uh, that. Yeah. I like, uh, God, come back to me. I'll have to think about that. Well, I, you know me. It'd be Smith Machine for sure. That's what I would <laughs> Get the hell out of here. No, that's uh, Actually, that would be great for my pumps videos. So what let's do I don't that. I don't know if there's anything that I would want that you guys uh wouldn't already want in there first. I I, I know that's what I'm I, like, I think you're the I think you are Justin is the well no, I think it's easier for you. I could I could do five things that you would probably want that I would be okay with, but I don't really care. Yeah. Like, you know, there's so a So am I gonna be the only one using the arm wrestling machine then? Probably. Of course. Wow. Yeah. Mm. 
I wanted to compete and stuff. Of course. You have to do that with our guests then. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, what can, about you can be daddy arm wrestling king? What is that thing called, uh, Justin? The the football players like they run into it and dra- push it across the field. Oh, that'd be cool. We could get a donkey dick. You that's know what, what we call it. A donkey dick? Yeah, it's a one man sled. So hold on. So Justin wants donkey dick. I want a donkey dick. Okay. Yeah. Dude, you know what? Someone you- sent him a picture of a donkey dick <laughs> to his Instagram page. My <laughs> pump Justin. Yeah, yeah I'll draw it. on it and make it happy looking and all that. Yeah. You you know, you you know what you're you're bringing to yourself too by bringing something like that in there. Right right now like you love arm wrestling, you're good at arm wrestling, you beat everybody. It's- I don't I'm I only because I arm wrestle people that <laughs> don't arm wrestle. Well, okay. So perfect example. I was going to use my swimming analogy Oh yeah, that's right. Cuz I I beat everybody in the pool the first time I got in the pool with two fucking collegiate level swimmers I got my ass handed to me (laughs) so what's gonna happen to you you know this right you're gonna put an arm wrestling machine in there and you're gonna everybody who thinks it's cool and would want to come down arm wrestling are probably pretty fucking good (laughs) they're gonna come down yeah if they already want to do it yeah they already they're like yes I will Uh, come down there I would love to arm wrestle Sal yeah that would be fun it just demoralized you dude just losing every time son (laughs) of a bitch he's like fuck this machine get it out of here just advertising those people to come you are you know oh I know what you're not going to get some little 113-pound girl who's just like, oh, I would love to see how my strength measures up to Sal. She don't give a fuck. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> somebody who's not into that, they don't give a fuck. But somebody who is into arm wrestling yeah. would be like, actually, I would like to see how strong Sal is and what, it, what size you up. For sure. Yeah. See, if I had like a novelty thing, it'd be like one of those forced... Uh, bags that you punch really hard and it tells you like you know how strong your punch see, is we, okay see hold on a second this we, is, we need shit like that because that's, yeah that's like because then people can shit. come yeah but it's fun man yeah. i would love for people to come I'd visitors for that visitors to show up and then they can measure their punch or they could yeah. arm wrestle something or they could you know i don't know do something else take crazy. our pants off and measure we're not and, even gonna have you know, we're whatever. not gonna well, you gotta keep saying visitors like we're gonna let people in the gym I know. Like, it's visitors pretty much an exclusive it'll be like club. yeah it's gonna be completely exclusive there's not gonna be hardly ever visitors I'm more like, let's get cigars and, you know, make a cool lounge or something. A little bar area. That's what I'm thinking about. Are we going to have screen TVs (laughs) all over the place? Are we going to have a a meditation room, a.k.a. weed room? I like that. (laughs) I'm 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 pro that for sure. Yeah. Yeah, no, we need to have those things. You don't want the federales. Wait, hold on. What? I can hear it. There it is. <gasps> it's the motherfucking qua. It's the qua qua. It's the motherfucking qua. <laughs> it has arrived. <laughs> Beautiful. What's Justin. in your mouth, Justin? Uh, I don't know. I got a little gargly there. It's a dick. All right, go ahead. Whoa. <laughs> but dude, you're off small, the chain today. I don't know. Small one. I'm sorry. Doug, you're going to have to censor Didn't that. Didn't even that. notice How it. are we going to do Mind Pump Family with you, bro? I don't I, know if we could do that. Uh, I don't no, think it's possible. The kids love it. It'd be like impossible. <laughs> the kids love it. <laughs> Daddy, he keeps saying He's dick. just going to keep replacing all that with- uh, Why does Justin have a dick in his mouth? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a tinker toy. Yeah. <laughs> we know. AKA dick. <laughs> God. Start the quad. To start I'm, try, the, I'm trying, but I'm hurry, dying here. He's, he doesn't have a train of thought anymore. I, have, yeah. I don't. I don't need a train of thought. I have it written on the board. Yeah. Emily K. Ham is asking: Is the glycemic index or load important? Mm, that sounds like a question <laughs> for Adam. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm not too sure what she's asking by: Is the glycemic load important? If she just means by carb loading before we you do something, um, is the glycemic index important? Absolutely, it's important. Um, yeah. So and and learning learning to pick foods uh, accordingly are important and and this is where 
uh, understanding. Well, so we should explain the glycemic index. Like, okay. what is it? Okay, yeah, we'll explain that. Nerd, you want me to, or you go ahead, nerdy? No, no, go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> this is your thing, dude. It's you love in it. the nutrition well, survival so, guide. Okay, so yeah, it's in the it's in the guide, and you imagine zero to one hundred is how they they rate the glycemic index, and all foods fall under that category, but primarily carbohydrates are what are going to fluctuate from you know zero all the way up to hundred, and most all are you know in the range of twenty low twenties all the way up to ninety nine, which is alcohol, which is the highest. And basically what the glycemic index represents is how fast your body converts that over into glucose. So the higher it is up on the glycemic index, the faster it converts that over into glucose and fuel for your body to utilize. So if you mean by the the importance of the loading by, okay, like an athlete is getting ready to work out in, you know, they're, or they're getting ready to play a sport and in 15 minutes they're getting ready to play a sport. Well, yeah, the glycemic index would play a role in that. If you're trying to get instant energy for that athlete who's about to go run and play a sport right then at that moment and you're trying to choose a food that's going to do that, something that's extremely high on the glycemic index is going to behoove you to eat right then and there versus something lower on the glycemic index that's going to take a longer time to convert over into glucose. Is that a decent right? Right, uh, but you know, th- here's here's what gets tricky um, when you pair it with foods. Well, you get you get a very very quick rise in insulin, and uh, then you get a drop, and you start to get the, what they call the crash. Mm-hmm. So, glycemic index is important in the sense that um, it helps you. You can look and see what the insulin load of foods are. And here's the deal: if you're consistently eating foods in the high glycemic index, and you're consistently spiking insulin. Your insulin becomes less and le- right. less effective over time, and then eventually can, can to be you can become insulin resistant, yeah. where your cells no longer listen to insulin anymore, and then that's diabetes. That's not good. Right. Uh, so you know, typically you want to eat things low on the glycemic index. And check this out: if you eat, let's say, a diet that has no carbohydrates or very low carbohydrates, kind of like a ketogenic diet, for example, you're going to consistently be in the low glycemic index of of foods. Um, and your body becomes more efficient with the insulin that it does have. So even though you have lower insulin levels, your body becomes very, very efficient with it, which is kind of what you want. So, and that way when you spike it, you get extra benefits versus it not being able to respond. Yeah. So it's definitely one of the things you want to look at in terms of what type of carbs you want to eat. And then as Adam was, was about to talk about, um, foods you combine with uh, other foods will change you know, how, how you react. For example, if I have you know, white rice, which is a little higher on the glycemic index – but I eat it with, uh, you know, chicken steak. or some steak yeah. or something like that with some fat and protein. It's going to lower the the glycemic load mm-hmm. of that particular food. So, which basically I, just means it's slowing it down at the process of converting it over into fuel. Correct. That's right. all it's doing. Which, when you think about it, when you're trying to stay satiated throughout the day and you're trying to minimize your caloric intake, you're not trying to gain weight. You're not trying to perform for a sport. You know, it's it's better for us to stay on the lower end of the glycemic index for all the reasons like Sal talked about, and for just quite simply for the your appetite to be more controlled. If you're doing something that's spiking your blood sugar, you'll see that when you eat like those carbs like that, you tend to want more. Mm-hmm. You know, it says it's not like you you eat just a few of them and it's like oh you're fine, you're satisfied. It ends up spiking that, and then you end up wanting more and more of that, and then the control of your intake becomes a lot a lot more challenging. No, it's the reason why you always have room for dessert. And you'll also notice, too, the foods on, that are higher, typically, typically not always, but typically uh, tend to be like less. And the ones that are uh, lower glycemic, you get more food, more bang for your buck. So if I compared like uh, what, you know, uh, 300 calories of sweet potato looks like versus 300 calories of candy, 
I mean, the candy is like this tiny little handful of candy that's not even going to fill you up. Not only that, yeah, it's but it's not also, paired to any nutrients or anything. Yeah. So yeah, there's no spike. fiber going on with it or nothing like that. You have a big old sweet potato that could be that could be pretty filling. 300 calories with a sweet potato is actually pretty filling for somebody. So mm-hmm. uh, those are things just to think about. And that, so the glycemic index is absolutely important for that reason. That's why we do include it in the tr- nutrition survival guide. Is you know, I, I try and teach clients how to eat, consume off of that. Like, you know, typically we're leaning always towards lower glycemic foods as much as possible. Yeah, I'd say managing insulin levels is probably one of the, aside from calories and all that stuff, managing insulin levels is probably one of the most effective things you could do for long-term health, uh, you know, longevity and fat loss. Mm-hmm. Um, if you manage it well, then you're going to get better results than if you don't. So. Nick Demo is asking about uh, what type of training to do during the season. He's a collegiate-level lacrosse player. This is an excellent question. Um, It's definitely different than the kind of training you do to get ready for the season. Mm -hmm. When you're training to get ready for a season, uh, and a lot of it depends on how busy your season is, but if you're very active during the season, when you're training before the season, you're trying to improve performance. You're Mm -hmm. You're trying to hit, get stronger, more endurance, better agility, speed, proprioception, all those things. So you're constantly challenging yourself to get better, faster, and stronger. When you're in season, your training should be based upon keeping you healthy and injury free. Right. right. Because your con your Recovery practice is exactly. a big priority. Yeah. yeah. Dur- in mid season, especially because you have to think about when you're performing, you're at a very high level of intensity when you're on the field and you're competing. And now what you're trying to do is preserve um, you know, this response and, uh, this is, this is where in season, obviously it's going to dictate like your off season is going to dictate what, uh, how, how well your, your season goes as far as like, you know, how well you've protected your ligaments and your joints and, um, you know, just having more strength overall will really aid in, in, in the season as, as far as being explosive and having more endurance and all those things, you'll see it, um, you know, play out on the field. However, um, as you're competing, um, you're using all of this. You're using all of these adaptations, and now we we just need to really prioritize our recovery and mobility, and uh, just getting the right, <clears throat> you know, uh, recovery. Well, think well, about think about it this way: when you train pre-season, you're trying to improve performance through uh, these these avenues. You're trying to get stronger. You're trying to get faster. You're trying to get more agility. You're trying to do all those things from a performance standpoint. When you're in season, you're still trying to increase performance, but not the same way. Whereas before, I'm pushing those avenues of adaptation. It's it's skills training. Yeah, now. in season, I'm improving performance by keeping myself healthy and mobile. Because what will decrease your performance while you're tra- while you're in season are things like injury, stiffness, uh, p- poor recruitment patterns, those mm-hmm. kinds of things. Mm-hmm. You know, not recovering well. Well, I'm glad we. I, I'm really glad we picked this question because I, I feel like we've never really talked too much about this, and it's mm-hmm. it's because I feel like the majority of the population this is less of an issue for. But it is. There, I mean, there's a lot of people playing sports, so it's a very good question. And like Justin said, our priorities just shift. But they have to shift because if they don't shift, then this is this is a perfect example of the type of person that would overtrain. It's rare to get to find people that actually overtrain their bodies like crazy. Well, this they, is what programming is all about. Yeah. And this is this is understanding that, you know, a new priority is here. A new priority is it's kind of like the same mentality I, I explain as I'm going through uh, Maps Green right now. Maps Green 
my and it's exactly how I posted was, you know, these are my priorities now. My priorities now are functional as mobility. Um, even though I'm going to be pushing weight and trying to be stronger, this and that, I, I'm not focused on that and I'm not worried. I'm not trying to PR. I'm trying to, to move better. So my priorities shift. So as you go through different programs, you you're you need to really learn to, to switch your mentality in the gym. And that's hard to do. Because we all get in a way of training in, in one way or another, whether it's the a same program or a new program that someone wrote for you, even the way you approach that 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 workout has to be different. Not just a different workout, but even how you approach it. Like Justin was saying, like your focus now, is, your your priorities is to recover, is to keep the body, you know, to keep the body strong, to be to keep the endurance, to keep the things that you work so hard for in off season more so than it is to try and continue to progress the body yeah. because now you're 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 putting game time on practice you got all this other stuff now you're banging the body up quite a bit during the week you banging the body up more in the gym oh, bad. is is just that's where you get the overtraining right. that's where you get injury that's where you get somebody to actually regress because they're pushing too much well, yeah and this is like i mean you got to think about the practice you're moving at a really very high intensity during the week during practice and uh, so what we're doing now is we're focused on skills and, and what kind of skills can I improve on the field? Like very specifically, uh, you know, it, if it's my start off, you know, or my get up, uh, uh, you know, if it's if, if it's one component that you see that you have a weakness in, you know, you're addressing that in practice. So your practice is your workout in, in a sense. And, and, and like you said, priority uh, being recovery, because you're you're going to you're going to be you know, taking your body uh, through the ringer. It's going to take a toll on it. So, well, you know, outlasting that is is really the important. Well, I was going to say MAPS Green is the perfect mm -hmm. preseason uh, program you could possibly do. MAPS Green was designed to take you from point A to point B, which and point B being the beginning of your season. Mm -hmm. The mobility sessions in there are extremely important, but they become invaluable during season. Yeah. Right. So with MAPS Green, if you're an athlete and you're doing MAPS Green, aka MAPS Performance, that's how you want to do it. You want to, it's, it's about, what is it, 12, 14 weeks, something like that? You start it, you know, 14 weeks before season starts and you start with all the all four phases, you move through four phases, by the end of the phase, you're fucking ready. You're ready to play. You're ready to practice. You're ready to do your sports-specific training. And then you take those mobility sessions that you've been doing that whole time, and those become your invaluable tools to prevent you from getting injured. Mm -hmm. And that's how we designed uh, Maps Performance. So it's, it's an invaluable tool for those of you athletes that are listening. There so. you go. Char JBC, what is the ideal rotation to change up foods to maintain a healthy gut? This is an excellent, excellent question. So it was a much longer statement. She had talked about how she eats the same breakfast and lunch most days and then dinner is what she changes. And we talk a lot about rotating your food and changing how you eat. Here's the deal. If you're changing your food super, super frequently, then you're not going to be able to reap the benefits of what you've changed. You got to give it a little bit, you know, give it a couple days. The body to adapt. Just to like, adapt. Just like working out. It'd be like yeah. the difference of how I used to train where I come in and I would always do something different every single workout for muscle confusion reasons or always keep the body trying to guess. But in reality, I wasn't, I wasn't training correctly because I wasn't letting my body get adapted to what I first was throwing out right. and then moving on. Food is the same thing. Right. It's similar. And you want to look at, there's so many different things that you can, uh, variables, right? You have macros. Macros can be rotated. 
you can go very low carbohydrate for a while and mm-hmm. high fat, and then you can drop your fat and increase your carbs. Mm-hmm. There's there's days, and I've recommended this before, and whenever I say this, everybody gasps because I'm you know it's sacrilegious, but there's days that I'll incorporate that are very low protein. I'll have a day, you know, uh, every other week or so where I'll only eat like 70 grams of protein, and I do that because I know it. Uh, I've seen science and studies to support the fact that uh, it will re- it will increase the sensitivity of my body to protein. I'll utilize whatever protein I get more efficiently when I do eat it. Um, during the week, throughout the week, you know, look at your meat sources if you eat meat, right? There's fish, there's lamb, there's beef, there's chicken. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I like to have all of those every week. I like to have red meat a couple days a week and sometimes it's beef, sometimes it's lamb. I'll throw in fish Bison. a couple days a week. Bison is another type of red meat. I'll throw in chicken and then I'll have a vegan day here and there. And it really, it, you know, it doesn't have to be so rotated that it's like these crazy outlandish meals all the time. But it is important that you don't get stuck in the, you know, uh, I'm eating the same exact thing every single day for months on end. That's mm-hmm. what you got to avoid. Yeah. That's the thing you want to kind of stay away from. That's so. like the biggest point, really. It's just like the uh, everything like po- packaged and boxed and you, you have like the same exact look to your meals the, the entire week. Some people do like stick to that because it's easier for them mentally or whatever the case However, you know, you're not introducing all these other types of nutrients and phytonutrients and all these different things that your gut could benefit from. Right. And it could be as simple as, you know, throwing a day or two in there that's different. Uh, it doesn't have to be super frequently. <clears throat> well, I'll, I'll share how I do this. I'm probably the most neurotic uh, out of all of us when it comes to this stuff. Neurotic. <laughs> uh, so you're also the most erotic. Yeah. And the most, uh, never mind. He <laughs> 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 just hijacked you. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, what we, what we do, uh, we prep on Sunday, uh, and I prep a majority of, I shouldn't say I, Katrina preps a majority of our meals for the week. And she always asks me every week what, what, uh, what I want her to make. And it's not like, uh, I don't base it off of really like, oh, I, I'm, I want this taste. Now, mind you, if there's something I'm craving, then absolutely I, I would. I, we haven't had in a while or whatever. Tube steak. But I, I always mm. evaluate what we just did the previous week. And we Masa. normally, we normally pick. Uh, four main uh, main type of courses that we we prep, and then there's always one or two meals that we make in the morning or in the evening time. But those four those four meals get rotated over over seven days, and then the next week when I we we prep for the next week, I evaluate what I just had. So like let's say just uh, for example, last week I we had uh, a lot of salmon in the diet, and we hadn't before that. Um, and I had salmon in there, I had chicken in there, and I had steak in there. Uh, lots of eggs. Uh, that's a usual for me. Well, this week uh, I'll, I'm going to make sure to have I'll have bison in there. I'll have some chicken thighs in there, and you know maybe I'll have a different type of red meat, right? So those, and that's kind of how we'll just rotate it. Is it's you know week to week basis. You know I kind of evaluate what I was eating the week before and try and make sure I never go too long. And if I ever catch myself, because it does happen, like uh, where two weeks go by and I haven't had any fish really in my diet, that's when you see me use my omega threes. That's when I'm going to start. Uh, using my fish oil because I noticed that I haven't had fish really in the diet. Otherwise, I'm trying to make sure I rotate it in and get it get it naturally. So, yeah. and don't forget to rotate your vegetables, man. Like I eat lots of greens every day, but there's so many different greens mm-hmm. you can choose from, and so many different of those you know those kind of fibrous uh, low calorie vegetables. Everything from broccoli and the different varieties of broccoli to bok choy to the different kinds of roughage like spinach and kale and 
um, and the different colors of yeah, kale. Yeah, that's why in our guide is the reason why we put that was to, to make it simple. That's another thing we do is we just kind of look at our color of our food too. Like, mm-hmm. you know, oh man, when's the last time that we had anything that was yellow or green or, you know, red or what, you know, what colors have we had right. lately? And we just kind of yeah. rotate colors in, the, in there also. Just an easy way to think of it. That's it. Change it up. Toss some salad. You know what I mean? (laughs) (laughs) Justin. Redhead Ken is asking, does daily caloric intake matter more than weekly caloric intake? So the question is... um, It matters less than weekly and it matters even less than uh, monthly and even less than annually. Yeah. So so here's why they, they, they all... This is why they all matter. Okay. So we'll look at all of it, right? If I go, if my weekly goal, uh, let's say I'm eating 2,000 calories a day, just so, so the math is easy. That means for the week, I'm looking at 14,000 calories, right? Um, instead of eating 2,000 calories exactly every single day, I might have 1,500 calories one day, 2,500 calories another way. That's fine. That's actually great. And in fact, that's probably preferred. Yes. Because the body works better that way. Now, here's the issue. where This is where daily caloric intake becomes important. It's probably not a good idea to have like a bunch of 200 calorie days and then one like, you know, 10,000 calorie day. Um, only because that's becomes, uh, if it com- it becomes difficult to manage. Like it'd be very hard and it would probably upset my stomach if I had 10,000 calories yeah, a little bit. in one day. You see what I'm saying? So that's why they're both, they're both important. But what Adam was saying is, is correct. Like look at your entire week and don't be so anal about your diet where every single day has to be exactly the same yeah. because then you get stuck in these patterns that aren't healthy right. and, and you're, you're confined going back to what you said that I think is important to reiterate is that it actually is more beneficial for you to to not and this is I, I think it's important to talk about too because I see it so much in in my industry with the whole competing world is they you know they get a coach that tells them this is their caloric intake this is where they need to be and every day is not only exactly the same meal it's also the exactly same amount of calories and you know we've talked about leptin before and it's I always go back to this one because I feel like it's the the biggest one that gets fucked with with competitors and that hormone when you sit when you do something and you make it so consistent you start to suppress it and a, a day of really, really low, you get all these extra benefits of, let's say, like fasting or being depleted like that or like ketogenic. But then also when you when you load and you refeed a day where you maybe you have five or six thousand calories or, you know, maybe not as extreme as sal set with 10,000, you shoot those leptin levels up. So that there's huge benefits to that of the the ups and downs of the calories. But like Sal was saying. You, the reason why it's nice to kind of keep it close is because it's just more, it's easier to manage. It's not mm-hmm. necessarily better for you. In fact, the extreme swings technically is, has got a lot more benefits to be fasted and then go hot. You sure, know. sure. But, you know, for being able to track, and that's the whole reason why someone says this is your daily goal today because it's over a total average. But honestly, and, and it's really over a total average even longer than a week, a month's time. Because yeah. if you have one or two bad days where you mess up or even one right. week. Then but, you don't feel like a failure. Yeah. You know, if you're so dictated to like every single day, like has to be regimented to this. Like you don't have that flexibility and that freedom to, um, you know, have some high, some low. You know, it's just about managing that as you go. I'm going I'm to very carefully say this. You can make up for uh, high calorie days with lower calorie days, and the reason why I'm careful with that is because it, don't don't turn it into right. a eat shitty food not, every other not day. Not binge purge kind of. A yeah, mentality. no, 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 no. But what I mean is, if you're going to go and have a family dinner and you know you're going to eat, you know, an additional thousand calories, then you can make up for it the next couple of days or the two days before that. So it's just part of managing your nutrition, um, you know, in that particular sense. You know, as far as you know, being specific with calories and macros. Here's the thing. Uh, it's important to track, 
But eventually, this is the goal. The goal is to get to the point where you're so in tune with your body and you listen to your body, you know how it feels, where you don't track anymore. You don't have to. You don't have to look and see, oh, shit, I ate too much, or I ate too mm-hmm. little, or I need more fats, or any, you know, or my, my fats and proteins and carbs need to be exact. It, that's, not, that's not the ultimate goal of health and wellness. No, the ultimate goal, the ultimate target is to get to the point where you know your body. That's it. It's intuitive. At it's that intuitive. Point. You, man, let me tell you, what a great place to be where you can walk around and know what you need to eat based upon how you feel and mm. you don't have to count and add things and figure things out because that's a pain in the ass. Not only is it a pain in the ass, but it's, it, is. it can lead to unhealthy practices. So right. ultimately, see about getting your place. Your, your, your We're very, talking from a health perspective. I know right. where Adam's going to go with this because you do. You really do have to pay <laughs> Justin, attention Justin to Justin knew that. I was going to fucking say some yeah, shit right here. <laughs> yeah, you do have to pay attention to that if you're going for a very specific type of physique, of course. a very specific well, and, goal, you know, and and if you're all of a sudden your activity is through the roof, you definitely have to replenish yourself. So, you know, it, we're like Sal and I, I think have a have a, a mentality that's very similar with that because it's it it's more of a health perspective of like what's what's providing me the right type of energy what's what's providing me uh, uh you know where I, I don't feel like any sort of uh, a feedback from my body that's negative right and you're comfortable with where you're at I mean well this- a healthy body fat percentage for a man is like you know let's say eight to fifteen percent yeah, exactly now I'm I'm happy maintaining about nine ten percent that's what I keep. And I don't count shit. I don't count my macros. I don't count my calories. I listen to my body. But I'm, I've, I've done this so long that I can do this and I've reached a point where I can do this and I can maintain that lean of a body fat percentage. And it's just it, it, my life is easier that way. So yeah. that's 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 which what I was going to chime in and say was that because you you, uh, you both did, were on that that route. And I was like, it started to sound like I don't want people to start because I know we have a, a, a large following of people that are very like minded like you two with this. Is that, you know, oh, I don't track because it's that's stupid to track and like get that mentality either where uh, it's not stupid to track. No, tracking will give you a good idea. Yeah, and I highly recommend it uh, to everybody to learn, uh, to get on the level that Justin and Sal are uh, as far as having to understand. But that takes some, unless you've got the the background like these two gentlemen have or the experience of actually putting it to practice for a very long time, that's very difficult for the average person to just feel their body. Oh, dude, it takes work. It takes years years of listening to your body. at one point, in a sense, even if you guys were never really heavy trackers, you guys have done enough research. We've of, done a lot of tracking. That if I asked you Back what a banana day. or an apple is yeah. calorie-wise, you could probably rattle off to me uh, what it is calorie-wise or be pretty damn close on right. everything. No, it's, so, it's it, I've been, look, I, we've been doing this for a long time. I've tracked in the past. Mm-hmm. Here's the thing. It's important to track in the beginning because you are going to be off. You ask the average person how many calories they think they eat, they have no fucking idea. Absolutely. They don't know what their macros are. They don't know anything. In the beginning, you have to track. But that's taking you through the stages of learning. Ultimately, you want to get to the unconscious competence level. But before you do that, you got to be consciously competent, and you have to try. Well, ultimately, yep. you want to be that person if that your your primary goal is that. I still track because I love. I feel like it's. Uh, I feel like it's the best way for me to learn. Like we we take foods and we take diets and we mess with stuff like that. But I feel like I am a very good example of somebody who can like share their experience with how certain foods, certain diets, certain practices when it comes to fitness, program, everything, because I am so precise about that. It's not just like, oh, I think I feel better because I've done this. Like, well, really? Well, can you tell me how many grams of carbs you've had for the last day compared to the last two yeah, you're, days? You're definitely you- a nerd about it, yeah, which is a good thing. So I, to me, it's almost 
almost like I'm doing these constant studies. It's just Drinking my study. <laughs> so it is, it's the nerdy side of me. And I don't, there's gotta be other people out there that are like me. So I don't ever want, I, I don't want you guys to make them feel like, you know, oh, you, your goal is to never have to do that. Well, your goal is to you, I don't have to do that. You know, that's what's, it's the beauty is I choose to do it because I'm actually very fascinated. I'm very fascinated. I mean, I just had my paradigm shattered. Like we, we share these times. I know we, we try and do this all the time when this happens. This just recently happened to me and like literally in the last two months, uh, you know, when Sal first was talking all about the ketogenic diet and doing it, I kind of scoffed at him because I was like, dude, I like carbs. I eat 400 to 600 grams of carbs every day. You're an idiot. I wouldn't want to do that. I wouldn't want to take that. I wouldn't want to train my body not to be used to them. And the more I started to listen to myself uh, defend why I refuse to even uh, to do it to just for just to practice and see how I felt because he kept saying, just see how you feel. Just try it. Try it. And then I started to listen to myself that, man, boy, I sound like I have a fucking addiction to this. So then I started doing that. Then I realized that never in my life until this point have I ever really allowed my fat intake to go that crazy high. I have always fluctuated my calories primarily through carbs. Now, mind you, I've had high fat days, but not into the, the ratios of what I had to for keto for ketogenic. And it has completely changed my relationship with carbohydrates. Now, I'm doing a modified version, like I've told you guys before, where I am introducing carbs, but I'm living off of 50 to 150 grams of carbs now because I've changed my relationship with that. And it's blown me away by when I actually put an, an effort of getting some good fats, and I mean a lot, into my diet early on, I actually feel great. I feel fine. Yeah, so, but you had to track to figure yeah, that exa- out. I, exactly. Yeah. To be precise, because guess what? When I first, and this is why this was so important, when I first did the ketogenic diet and I was following the first two days I was like fuck this no this ain't for me I didn't feel good at all and then I realized that wow I was way too low on my fat I mean I was like under by but I was still high it was higher than I'd ever been and in my head I'm like okay I'm eating all this oil I'm eating all these extra avocados I'm eating all these red meats like crazy I'm eating bacon like for sure I'm way over I'm higher than I've ever been find out enough but I wasn't when I started tracking it and actually paying attention I was like wow, my protein is still too high. My fat is nowhere near high enough. I'm okay on the carbs, but that's the reason why I feel like shit because I'm not getting enough fat and I'm not getting enough carbs. My body's saying, fuck you, where's our energy? So I, you know, but if I wouldn't have been someone who's into tracking like that, I might've been somebody who just tried that diet and then dismissed it Mm -hmm. as a a great way. Not for me. Not for me. So this is why even somebody who does know a lot about nutrition, even if you do understand things like that, I always highly recommend people to do that and track. Now, is it for everybody? Absolutely not. Do you want to be dependent on that? No, you don't want to be dependent on that, but you won't be. If you track a long enough at one point you won't be dependent on i that. tell my clients to track typically if they're if they're really interested in nutrition i tell them to track initially and then eventually the goal is to get them to be able to understand and listen to their body but you got to track to begin with so good point gotcha red is asking how to get started as a personal trainer excellent excellent question um uh, first and CrossFit form- certification one is that which one? What yeah, that's a weekend. That's all yeah. you need, right? <laughs> buy, buy a bunch of shred supplements, yeah, and then go get your CrossFit. Yeah. Here's, uh, Show a lot of booty pics, and you'll get picked up by somebody. No, I, uh, first, first off, um, if you really, really want to do this, and you really want to be a personal trainer, uh, most gyms won't hire you unless you have some kind of a national certification. So do your research on the mm-hmm. on the accredited certifications. Um, the one that I'm most fond of myself is the National Academy of Sports Medicine, just because they have continuing education type certification. So you can start with the basic one, mm-hmm. which is CPT. Then you can get correctional correctional yeah, exercise, specialized options. You can get performance exercise specialists. All these other you know great courses. Take a course 
but never stop learning. Oh, and sure. in terms of business, your best bet is to start at a gym that's a, got good systems. A big good, chain. A big chain. Yeah. Just because you're not going to make much there at the begin, to begin with, but you're going to learn gonna a lot. anything. And they're going to throw clients at you. But, and you have a lot of opportunities to get clients. And you get to look and see how you know successful people work because you'll, you'll have managers that have done it for a while. Learn yeah, there look, and start there. Look at it like an apprenticeship, like we've always kind of said. Like that, I think that's why it. You just need to be able to refine your skills, and and the best way to do that is to see, you know, a large volume of people, and uh, those big box gyms are the ones that are going to provide that. Well, you know, like to be honest, we're not even talking about marketing yourself or any of that no. kind of stuff, right? We're just talking about getting educated, and so that's a whole nother monster. That's a whole nother beast to tackle. So that's why. Really, that's why we steer people in that direction is because, you know, these big companies, they they spend millions of dollars on all this stuff and they provide all the forms like it's all this little stuff that you don't even consider. But it, it's just it's more convenient to have all that. And you're not going to make as much, but you're going to learn a ton. And then once you refine your skills, you take that with you going forward. Uh, you you keep your education, you know, uh, as a priority, and you go into all these like other specialties and and learn how to use specific tools. And then you listen more to us. You're going to be awesome. <laughs> well, here, here's the thing. I, I'll say this. Most so here here's the deal. A good personal trainer can make a decent amount of money, uh, regardless of the area you're in, but especially if you're in a metropolitan area. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, a good personal trainer in the Bay Area can make six figures a year easily. Um, but like any job that makes that much money, it doesn't happen right away. And I, and I think people look at personal training and they think, oh, I'm going to get my certification. Boom, I'm a trainer. I'm going to make money. Give yourself two years. Mm -hmm. Give yourself two years. Go work in a gym and say to yourself, I'm going to spend the next two years learning how to be a great trainer, learning how to build my business, learning how to make this really work. It'll take about one to two years before you can really start doing well, uh, as both as a trainer, uh, business-wise, and as a trainer for your clients. So just give yourself that. Because once you're certified, that's just the beginning. Yeah. Then you got to go through the, the training a little bit, which is going to take a while. Those are, those are both such great advice because, uh, I mean, I remember it was about a year and uh, being a trainer, and I like to think the the three gentlemen in this room right now are uh, a little advanced in comparison to the average trainer and stuff as far as uh, our work ethic and our skill set and yada yada. And we were successful uh, probably pretty quick compared to the average trainer, wouldn't you say? Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and it still took me a solid year before I had the, my schedule like rocking to where I was loaded. I, I had to turn away clients and I kind of had it manipulated to where I was getting a day off, at least one day off. Like it took a year before I built that. And it took another year after that before I really refined it. So and I think we're pretty advanced. So I think a person has to give it at least that. Uh, Justin, with the going into the big box, I can't. I can't stress that enough, and I would actually love to challenge the two of you since you two have both uh, been in private gyms or owned a private gym and had trainers working there for you. Can you think of, I don't know one off the top of my head, can you think of a trainer that did not start at one of those big boxes that went straight into being a private trainer for himself? That's awesome. That's more. No. That's as successful as you? Uh, no, one. Absolutely not. You know one? one? Yeah, I do. The, the young lady, uh, Megan Slater is her name. She now owns ABS Fitness, which was the gym that I started. She started, now she was... Uh, a coach so she coached teams and stuff for you know at the collegiate level but she wasn't a trainer she got a certification 
came to ABS and but here's the deal. Um, she's exceptional. I've worked in this industry now for that's also a, a pretty nice scenario, right? There, I, it too. is that's I, ex- it, an exceptional person going through a good scenario yeah. too, where you get to be at least a coach and teacher teaching well, others. Well, here's the thing. Then, here's the thing. I've been in the industry for 18 years. She's exceptional. She's in the top 1.1 percent of people that I've worked with in that. She'll get in there. She'll hustle her ass off. She'll work hard. She's not afraid to 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 go out there and talk to people. And she was also in my gym, so she also had me to learn from. And I'm not trying to toot my own horn, but I trained trainers for a long time, so she had some good tutelage. Um, but it's extremely rare. You're, you're far better off working in a big box gym yeah. when you first get started. You're going to learn so much there. And and like I said, give yourself a couple years. Like go in there and say, okay, uh, it's going to be a little bit of a grind. Mm-hmm. And a learning curve for two years before I become an excellent trainer. It's funny because most a lot of industries are like this. Like, I just you know how many people will go and get their real estate license? Like, you know how many real estate agents there are in the Bay Area? Mm-hmm. Sh- I mean, licensed agents, shit tons. Yeah. Now most of them don't make a goddamn dime. I pee on half their faces. Most of them the make general. nothing because they they saw the real estate industry, especially in the Bay Area, and they're like, oh fuck, houses are going up. I'm gonna make money. I'm gonna become a real estate agent. They didn't realize that it's going to take you like two to five years before you start doing well. And so a lot of people aren't prepared to devote that time and energy. Personal training is no different. Give yourself a couple years of not making that much money and learning before you you start to kick ass. And I, I promise you, even if you're an average trainer, but you really apply yourself for two years and learn, you'll start doing pretty well. You'll do pretty damn well, uh, especially in, in fitness. So. One, of, one of the hardest conversations that I used to always have to have uh, with trainers, and I, I had this conversation with Justin, but with Justin it was different, and I'll explain. This is kind of the, the mentality of these big box gyms. If you worked at one of them, in, in, you know, in my case, uh, I headed up the training department, so uh, I'd hire trainers like a Justin or something like that 10 plus years ago. And they come into a, a place and you get you get them fresh out of school or, you know, they're pretty young and just coming whatever, coming from wherever. First real big job working fitness. And, you know, I would foster them, mentor them. And then eventually, you know, they either find out one, it's not for them and they move on in, into something else in their life or they pretty much outgrow that place. They realize that, um, you know, there's more out there for them. They could possibly run a business like this themselves or they can make more money uh, potentially doing this themselves. And then they move on and that's exactly what happens. And the very, very small percentage actually move on and actually are successful doing it because it used to pain me when they would come to me. And a lot of these trainers I, I love. So we're talking about hundreds of times I've had this conversation. Uh, like I said, Justin came to me and told me one day, he said, hey, Adam, I'm, you know, in the next 60 days, I'm going to be transferring out of here. I'm going to be moving on doing privately. And it was a very sad day for me to see him go and leave. At the same time, too, I knew that whatever he did, he was going to be successful. You were probably anticipating it. Of course, because he because I knew that he was seeking out promotion and moving up and they were taking too long of giving him what he deserved. And I knew that if someone of his talent, if you did that long enough, would say, fuck you, I'm often going to figure this out on my own. I don't need this company. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what happened. And as as much as it was sad, I was supported to watch him. Now, Justin represents the 1% of the majority that worked for me. The rest would come to me and has saved the same conversation. And inside I'm going like, you fucking idiot. You couldn't even, you couldn't even be a top, top five trainer in this facility where that provides everything, where everything's given, everything's to you. provided for you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you're going to, you're going to yep. sit down and tell me right now that you're going to leave, leave all this and you're going to go do this privately and you're going to make more money. 
you have no idea. And I have a completely, I have for sure know what's going to happen because I've seen it happen a hundred times before. And I could, you can't say that to me. You got to be supportive, you know, especially when there are people that I really cared about and love, but it would be so painful for me to watch that. And I, and I, at first I would try and get them to understand that, well, you know, there's a lot of things to consider, you know, it's, they spend $25 million a year on marketing and advertising at all times. You have a hundred to 200 leads walking around in front of you that are already into fitness. Yeah. And all you got to do is convince them to buy from you. You know, you don't have those things and you know, like it is just Dude, floating I, around. Yeah. When, when trainers, when, so when trainers would come into my gym, because the way it worked is they would pay me either a, a, a fee per session that they would train their clients or they would pay me a flat rate. Right. So it's, so they were contractors, they could build their own business, but they would pay me to use my gym. That's how I, that's how I modeled it. Uh, when they would come in, um, they'd have all these grand ideas. And I know how fucking hard it is. And a lot of them succeeded in my gym because I got them the clients. As the owner of the gym, I understood that it was in my best interest that they become busy because I need people paying me rent. So the, the trainers that were in my gym, a full 70% of the clients came from me. I would sign the person up. I would take my cut. And I'd give them a client. And I knew these trainers were good enough to keep those clients. And a lot of those trainers are still training in there. And they're still training clients that I gave them. And that was just something I had to do because it's very fucking difficult. Not a lot of people can do that. Not a lot of people can start with zero and just go out and just make shit happen. Yep. But if you're in a gym, number one, they give you clients. There's new people signing up every day. Uh, and there's people working out all the time in there. Like I could, and I'm not, like again, I'm not trying to sound cocky. But I could walk into a fucking gym during prime time, and within an hour, I could walk out with two clients. Well, and part of that reason- It's not yeah. that hard. Part yeah, of that exactly. reason is this, is that we've had tons of practice. Yeah. yeah. And when you're by yourself and you're trying to do this, you you don't get that much practice. No. You get, I mean, every- you're Oh, had I, imagine had we started as trainers on our own. Never having gone through that, the gauntlet of working oh, for large, it no. would have been impossible. Well, it's like here's here's another example of what I I used to just like want to choke trainers out was when they didn't want to like that an hour of this to be able to work and and get paid to go and try and get leads from the floor. We used to pay like we used to pay trainers. You know, here's you'd have what a, a fucking joke. You'd have a two hour block. There's we're gonna two, pay you to go fucking get leads. Yes. Yeah. And you would have here's a you know hundred people in the gym working out. We're gonna pay you an hourly really hourly like rate, it. but it's lower than your when you're getting paid because you're gonna apply because you're not obviously. And they would him and haw. And you would him and haw. And you would not want to do it because you're like that. I only make you know minimum wage when I'm yeah. doing I, that. Yeah. It's like wait a second. <laughs> a company is actually paying you to go try and get business for yourself your that you're going to make commission off of and get paid a higher hourly late when you get them and you are not excited for that opportunity. <laughs> that is like, bro, you, when you I will never be an entrepreneur if that's your mentality. When I started, when I started uh, working for a large fitness company, th those laws were not in place, or at least they were not, um, they weren't enforced. So I, I did it for free. I used to fucking oh, live yeah, there yeah. and I'd go out and just talk to people and get clients and they didn't pay me shit and I didn't expect them to pay me shit. I've recruited so many trainers and fitness professionals in the gyms that I've run that actually, that were just people who worked out. They had no interest in being in the gym but I, or, or, or training in gyms, but I'd talk to them. A lot of them were members. I'd talk to them. They had great attitudes. One dude, I remember, I bought shoes at Foot Locker and this fucking dude is... Just, he's selling me shoes, so much energy, so much excitement. I'm loving this guy. Talking about fitness, he's like, oh, I just lost 30 pounds. Super pumped about it. I'm like, this guy would be an awesome trainer. Bring him on board. He ended up becoming 
one of my top trainers. It's about your attitude, man. You got to have a good attitude. And if you're, if the gym is telling you we're going to pay you minimum wage to get clients and you're like, fuck that, I don't want to do that, get the fuck out of there, man. <laughs> you don't yeah. deserve that yeah. shit. Get out of exactly. here. Yeah. Go do something else. Go flip burgers. I don't know. Mm. With that, leave us a five-star rating and review on iTunes and you can find us on Instagram at Mind Pump Radio. You can find me at Mind Pump Sal. You can find Justin at Mind Pump Justin and Adam is at Mind Pump Adam. Also, check out Mind Pump Media. Dot com. Check out some testimonials on some of our awesome programs. And uh, Facebook. What are we at? Facebook? Facebook show. Mind, 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 mind pump, pump show? Show. There you go. Yeah, it's Facebook show, apparently. <laughs> mind Pump Damn Show. It. One day we'll get that right. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Mind Pump. For more information about this show and to get valuable free resources from Sal, Adam, and Justin, visit us at www.mindpumpradio.com. Until next time... This is Mind Pump.